0: Five years ago, when my wife and I decided to build a home here in Lake St. Louis, and my parents and I, we bought adjacent lots next to each other. And we were going to build custom homes, and we did the whole thing. We hired the architect, we came up with a blueprint, we did the whole thing, and I was the first to build, my wife and I. My parents were going to build a year later. And when you're building a home, one of the very first big gotchas is the soil. If the soil ain't right, if it has what's called fill, or plastic soil, which is non-organic, non-things produced by God that were put there by man, it's called disturbed plastic soil, and you can't put a foundation on it, because guess what will happen? It'll sink because it can't hold. So sure enough... We're already tapped, right? And we get to digging. It's time to dig, and the digger says, uh, "Jeff, you got a problem here. Uh, you got, you got fill. You got, a, you got a telephone pole in your ground. You got a tire in your ground. You've got a bunch of stuff in your ground, and this is not suitable to fix the problem." Well, several dollars later, I won't disclose the amount. We had no choice but to eradicate. The fill, because the foundation wasn't right. And we had to bring in several dump trucks of two-inch rock, and we had to put rock in its place, because rock is the only thing that can hold stable to keep a foundation from shifting. If you don't got rock down there, and you don't got God's natural virgin soil, then you got to put rock, because nothing else will hold. Your foundation will crack, it'll shift, it'll sink, and it'll look good for a little while on the surface. But eventually, your house is going to come tumbling down, because the foundation ain't right. I say, hey, that's right. I know it's not proper. It's just what I say. <laughs> a year later comes. Time for my folks to build their dream home. Again, they built a few in this lifetime. We had this fear, hey, they might have the same problem as us. We had about 5% of our lot that had to be eradicated of the fill. We found out their lot had an entire lake over it. So not only had the lake been removed, but their entire lot was filled with Fill plastic, soil, debris, junk, just to fill the hole. It's not good. This was not a good situation to build a foundation. This was a setup for a disaster, and we couldn't sell the property because you can't sell dead property if you don't fix the ground. No one can build on it, so we we're stuck. So 250, I'm not exaggerating, 250 dump trucks later of two-inch rock, the problem was eradicated. That made me feel a little better because my expense was this much compared to their expense. God bless them. It was heartbreaking. But until they put the rock in for the entire property, which looked like a crater hit it, the digger had to dig so deep and then replenish it with 250 dump trucks of rock, it wasn't suitable to hold a foundation. So it's all about the foundation. Your foundation ain't right, your walls can't stand. See, sometimes. Our greatest revelations are layered within the trenches of our least desirable situations. But by faith we believe God will deliver us from the furrows or trenches of our pain. But could it be that his deliverance is only found at rock bottom? Sometimes we've got to go there to figure it out. You've got to wipe the slate clean and go down to the core and see what's holding you up. What are you building on? Will it last? If I analyze my life beneath the surface and look at the core of what keeps me grounded, I may never cease to move past the troubles that hinder my walk with God, as well as overlook the blessings that are buried within them. You've got to look at your foundation. If we go to Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 25. If I heard this before, Jesus is talking. He says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. See that pattern here? The title of my sermon is Discovering rock bottom. Sounds counterproductive. Why would you want to discover rock bottom? People who want to improve, guess what they do? They ask people to tell them their flaws and how to fix them. People who want to stay the same, they don't want to hear it. And they get defensive if you tell them. But people who want to really grow and be successful, whether it be in business or they walk with God or whatever, they always are craving and begging for feedback. They want to see what lies beneath. You see, the revelation is at the rock. Textured people tell them the revelation is at the rock. The revelation is at the rock. Well, we don't, we don't like to look at what lies beneath the surface because that would indicate maybe we find something we don't like. It's easier just to look at how we look on social media and all these things and everybody else sees, and it's all good for a little while. But again, if what lies beneath is shifting, if the soil has a problem, it'll only be not noticeable for a little while before there starts being side effects. People see residual side effects. When the storm comes, eventually, you feel like you're drowning because you won't know how to handle it because your core isn't right. You guys remember the story of the three little pigs? I actually had to look it up because I was forgetting part of it. I don't know what's happening to me. Who who forgets the three little pigs, right? But you know, the first pig, genius, built his house with a straw. Oh, that would work so well. The wolf comes, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. There it goes. I think he eats the pig. Sorry, kids. I think, I think the pig dies in the story. I don't remember. But you know, bacon, pigs—it's all good. Pigs gotta die sometimes. The second pig says, "I'm gonna use some twigs or wood." And just for illustration purposes, let's say the foundation was made of the same substance. So not only was his walls made of wood, but his foundation was made of twigs. It's like a bird's nest. It's light will blow away. Here comes the wolf. I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. Bye-bye, little piggy. He's a dead. He's a dead piece of bacon at this point. Wolf's chowing down. But the third pig, the third pig must have been the older, wiser sibling. I think they were related, right? The three pigs, they were a family. He said, I'm going I'm to do something different. I think I'm going to build my house out of brick, stone, rock. Wolf comes. I'll huff and I'll puff. And the devil comes and says, I'll blow your house down and we all know the story, at least I thought I did until I Googled it last night. Remember that the, the wolf came on the chimney and had that big boiled his stanky self in a crock pot and it had dinner. payback. Why am I telling you this? Because the moral of the story is the pig built a foundation that withstood, withstood the winds. He was not afraid to look at what lied beneath to see how to fix this problem that was obviously not working out for his two little pig brothers. So we love to doctor-fill other people's issues. Oh, your single friend loves to tell, tell you you guys are married, and, and your single friend loves to tell you all your problems and why your marriage is having so many problems. And the person with no job is it's so easy to tell the friend who's been working 20 years why their job is not treating them fairly and all these things. But we don't like to look inside at our own issues and see what lies beneath, because that, that doesn't feel good. I don't do that. The exposure can surprise us when we actually look at what's underneath our own surface. Last fall, or I'll say a couple of years ago, I started waking up multiple times a week, feeling like I was choking to death. And I thought, this is strange. I would, lit, I would wake up, jump out of my bed, freaking out, and I realize I'm still alive. Thank you, Lord. Go back to bed. happens again a couple days later. So I just kind of blew it off, but I noticed it was increasing in frequency, and by last fall, I started getting this pain in my throat right, right before, you know, we're going to launch the church, perfect timing, you know, singing, preaching, all that stuff, perfect. Well, the pain was getting worse. I thought, I know, I know how to find the truth. i want to Google it. So I Googled, and it said, Jeff, Pastor Jeff, you have, didn't call me pastor, it says, Jeff, you have silent reflux. And I said, I don't, I don't have reflux. I don't have indigestion issues. I don't have gluten problems. I don't have all these new things that everybody's got. Good. I don't have any problems. This is just, I don't know what this is. But the pain kept getting worse. The pain started hurting when I was singing. And when I was doing my practice sermons at home, which I do all the time. It's weird, I know. But it's just, you can do what you got to do if you want to get better, right? I had to look beneath myself and fix my core. So that's what I was doing. I was working on my foundational last year. See how I tied that in? But well, I started getting this pain in my throat. And it got so bad, I actually was having trouble talking. It was hurting so bad right here. I thought, dear God, what is going on? This is not normal. This pain is not normal. It was a burning pain right on the tissue of my throat. I go to the doctor. You, my friend, have silent reflux. But he didn't say, why? He said, yeah, take. It. don't drink coffee. Don't eat anything that tastes good. For like three months, and it will go away." I thought, well, geez, Doc, thanks. That's so helpful. If I just eat the perfect diet, which I never have been able to accomplish before, anything will get better on me. But I'm not dropping coffee because you say I have silent reflux. I didn't believe him. I went home. Guess what happened? It got worse. A couple weeks go by. My mom started to freak out. Oh, she, you know, she's she's ultra positive sometimes, and she she likes to tell me the worst case scenario that could possibly happen, and I appreciate that about her. And so she puts the fear of God in my heart. I said, okay, I got to go to another specialist because I think I'm going to die after talking to her. I go to specialist number two. He says, you, my friend, have silent reflux. But he said, see, when you sleep at night, he explained it. See, he, he diagnosed what was happening inside. And once I understood what was happening inside, the light bulb went off, and I believed. See, he said, when you lay on your back at night, your esophagus it opens up. There's like a valve. I'm not a doctor, but this is the most technical way I can say. It. There's like this valve or something, and it opens. And when you sleep, the acid comes out of your esophagus and it gets in your throat, and people choke on it when they're sleeping. And then it can it's acidic, you know, and it's all that you know, the buffalo wings, I mean at 10 o'clock at night. I don't know why that would bother it. And and then it gets on the tissue, and then the tissue starts hurting, and all these things start happening and he said it gets on your throat and it just keeps getting irritated because you won't stop doing those things. So go home, take this, this uh, you know, this antacid thing I'm going to give you. It's organic, it's on Amazon, it's cheap. Don't eat, don't drink coffee, don't do nothing. So then I believed him, but I didn't do anything. He said I just propped myself up a few inches at bedtime. Problem went away in like two weeks. He was right to see. I was not willing to look underneath the hood and say, what is going on here? I was in denial that there was a problem, and until I did, I couldn't conceptualize that maybe I had a flaw. Because, you know, I am 39 now. Maybe I had a health issue. Maybe it was my diet. It's humbling to look beneath the surface, because it's usually not something we want to see or find. And some of us just get going through the motions. you you all that, friend. You know, it's like, hey, man, everything's good. Yeah. Life's great. Yeah. Everything's good, man. Everything. Yeah. It's like, what is this guy? He's just high on the Spirit of God? What is going on? He's high on something. I don't know. But without achieving a, a change of season in our life, we can never grow. And we can't have a change of season if we don't investigate how maybe we can be better ever had the snow cone man when you were kids? anybody remember the snow cone man? And I don't know about you all, but in the 80s, you had the ice cream man with the van. It was properly labeled. had all the pictures of the ice cream. had the bell and everything. And you knew it was safe because the guy was in the van, right? He had ice cream. It was safe. The snow cone man, he came around like this ghetto beauty with nothing on it. And in the trunk of his car, he had snow cones. Anybody else have something like that? No one? No no, no. Pam in the back had a snow cone man. Yeah, that's because uh, I was there too. It's the same one, Pam. <laughs> Way to volunteer for, for moral support. I appreciate it. Well, what's interesting is not only now but I never let my kids go out and have a snow cone from a man in a random unmarked vehicle who would probably kidnapped them. but for some reason it was fine back then. he just go get the snow cone, and at the very bottom of the snow cone there was this surprise. There was like a gumball. A gumball at the very bottom. At the core, the snow cone was a gumball. It was surprising to, to find a gumball. Who would think a gumball would be at the bottom of a snow cone? It's not even logical. Who would put gum underneath ice? But it was there. But you never find a gumball unless you dig through the, the snow cone, right? If you just eat the top off the snow cone, you never find out. There's something good down there. I didn't know that was anything. I didn't know that acid was in me. I didn't know the soil had the problem. I didn't know the gumball was in the snow. Cone. Sometimes the season you're in is about discovering what's at your core. And it don't feel good. But some of you need to check your foundation. Me too. Check your foundation. Tell somebody, tell me. check your foundation. We look beneath the surface, but we want to go to the bottom. We want to check our foundation. If we go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, it says, But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, for every city or house divided against itself will not stand. Hmm. Sounds like he's talking about the structural integrity of having a weak foundation. What causes a weak foundation? Division. It's not, it's not literally about going in a hole. You can have a weak foundation in a church when you don't have unity on what the beliefs are and what the core values are and that everybody is on the same page. When there's division, your foundation is unstable because you have too many elements that can't bond together. That's why you gotta get your foundation right. You gotta check your foundation. Everybody's got the nice bed at home. You know, we got, we got the master bed and it's got the 15 pillows that you can't touch and it's got the bedspread that you can't use and it looks really good on the surface. But if you took away the box springs or air mattress in our case, it wouldn't, it wouldn't do anything. It wouldn't support back pain. It wouldn't provide. It wouldn't us. When we first got married, my wife's in the front row. She's right there. If everybody wants to stare at her and make her uncomfortable, she's right there. That's fun. I should do that more often. I grew up on the same mattress most of my life, and my mom always said, Man, eh, mattress is fine. One you got's fine. So guess what? I said, We got married. The mattress we got's fine. Why would we buy a new one? It's only 30 years old. It only has a, a, a sinking thing in it like that. And I had bad lower back pain because like a genius I helped my brother move a big screen up big screen TV up his steps when I was about nineteen and have had a problem ever since. And the back the bed was creating problems and I said, No, it's not the bed, I just got a back problem. My wife said, we should look at a new bed because they're more supportive for the lumbar and they can help improve the quality of your sleep if you just want to spend thirty five hundred dollars. Well we just got married. I didn't have three hundred dollars. I had nothing. You're broke, it's a pain for the wedding, I didn't get no bed. It's crazy. Anyway, we bought the bed about two years later. And my back pain went away. She was right. You see, the sleep number was so supportive at the foundation. It remediated the problems that were being created actually all over my body. Because not only was my back starting to hurt, my shoulders were starting to hurt, my knees were starting to hurt. You see, if your foundation ain't right, your whole body's going to start, your whole life's going to start feeling the pains of it. You're going to see little cripples in the, the crippling pain in the back and, and joint pain in the shoulders and, and you got the stiff neck in your job and you got all these problems and you can't figure out what's right, what's wrong because you're, you're not looking because you want to acknowledge that maybe you need a new mattress. You've got to get your foundation right because the revelation is at the rock and you need to have a foundation made of Rock. We don't want shifting in our foundation. It's 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 hard to get get down there and check the foundation. Because it hurts. It hurts it. God lets us do it, we won't do it. So He just kind of lets you go there when you don't want to because there's no other way to get your attention. So he has to let you get to the bottom so you remember what he's delivered you from before. He had to remind you because evidently you were starting to forget And you were starting to drift back towards where you came from, where he delivered you from. When you hit the rock, I know it's going to hurt. You guys have stepped on gravel or fallen on gravel. When you fall on a rock, it hurts, but man. It gets your attention. It breaks up whatever's there and shows you what's going on. It's not like a water bed you land on this soft thing. It hurts. But that's what it takes sometimes to shake you up, to get your attention. You gotta check your foundation. Our thoughts get in the way of God's thoughts. We put in last. And then what happens? We start seeing a shift in our structure. Our foundation starts shifting. We start seeing cracks. And our foundation won't change the mattress. I just got an illustration for days on this one. Got to check the foundation. Got to have the rock at your foundation. Some of us only live on the surface, and it keeps us from paying attention to our issues. My wife and I went to Hawaii uh, a few years ago, and went to this nice restaurant. And I gestured to this gentleman at the beginning of the sermon, and now here I am again talking about him because he's so fitting. It just made me think of this one. I thought about foundations. I thought of this guy, this waiter we had. Fine dining outside of the beach. It's awesome. The guy comes up. Hey, welcome. Welcome, friend. We're so glad to have you. He was so nice. And I was just like, dude, you're freaking me out, man. You're a little too nice. Something ain't right here. I said ain't three times. I'm going to have to edit that out. Something is not right here. And he brings us the food. Man, enjoy. And then back to camp. Enjoy, buddy. Enjoy. He was freaking me out because his voice never changed from this. It was just, hey, yeah, everything's perfect. Life is great, bro. So we did the thing. He's fine. He's a good waiter. You know, it was a little unnatural, I thought, whatever he was doing. Next morning comes along. We go get breakfast at this pancake place. Guess who shows up at the table? Same dude in a half. I was, hey, guys, what's up? What can I get you? I said, well, is that you? He said, what? Yeah, I'm here to take your order. He's he's Mr. Perky. I said, you you were you were a waiter last night, but you didn't, I can say this, but you didn't sound or act like that. Is it because of the hat's on backwards now? You talk like more, more clearly? And you're not so he was a little more like like you know, in a hurry, like he's a little more perturbed, like he actually had some caffeine. He says, oh yeah, I, I, I wait tables there at night time, and then I work here in the morning. It's common here in Maui because, you know, it's expensive to live. I said, yeah, I know why it's expensive, because you're broke, because I know you're what you're spending it on. He was high on something that wasn't the Spirit of the Lord. But see, what he was doing is he didn't look at his core, and instead he was going to a temple Take your order. when well, you want eggs? He was back to normal because his substance wore off. But the only substance that doesn't wear off is the foundation of Christ, which is a rock that never shifts or never crumbles. And he hadn't experienced that yet because he was still using temporary solutions. And it may work for a little while, but it's going to fade and he's going to be on to the next thing. And he's going to be looking for more and more. And eventually it's going to crumble anyway. It will not sustain a foundation out of straws, out of twigs. It's got to be built on the rock. If your foundation isn't right, you've got to break it up sometimes and put it on the rock, fill it with rock. It can be lonely. It's lonely to go down there and fix the foundation. If we are strong in Christ, when we go down there, the devil's going to try to just take advantage of us and attack us in every way we can, every way he can, and say, you're not worthy to get back out of this pit. You just stay down here. To play mind games with you. And make you feel like you're not worthy of Christ's love. Oh, you're in this pit because you deserve to be here. You don't deserve to get out. You just stay down here. And then it starts messing with your head. You start, thinking, you start self-deprecating your worthiness. Because you get into this place of despair. Those mind games, the devil does it all the time. It destroys our self-confidence. But if you know you're falling on the rock, The rock of ages. It only makes you stronger if you can endure while you're down there in the barrel. See, once you fall on rock, once you fall on a real surface that doesn't shift, there's no more sinking, there's no more shifting, there's no more cracking. Now there's only one way you can go up. There's only one way up once you've met Christ at the rock because the revelation is that the rock? If we go to Psalm chapter 18, verse 1 through 2, it says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Jesus is the rock. Jesus is the foundation. When the devil tries to take you down, God was with you all along in the pit, and he's waiting for you to put in the rock, because once you got the rock, the devil can't touch you. He's right there with you. Once you got a foundation in place that's unshifting and unwavering, it's time to come up. He's right there with you, and now you're ready to go back up to your purpose he's got for you. Only by the rock of Christ are you able to withstand the enemies. The devil attacks you. With, when the winds come and the waves come and the storm comes, your foundation won't shift just like the little pig in the story because you're built upon the rock. The revelation is at the rock. When I shift my focus off my situation and I give it to Jesus, I'll climb up. I've repaved my foundation. My place of despair is where I remember my stronghold. See, when we came home from the trip this week, I almost was in this mental state that wasn't like everybody else. Everybody was so excited. But what it did for me is it took me back to a place where I was by myself, and I had to look at the foundation I was trying to build. And there's no one there in that place. It's a lonely place, but you gotta go look at it and be willing to make adjustments if you don't your foundation won't stand and after a couple days I remembered okay here's what I'm doing and now I see how to take this and apply it here and take steps forward here I had to process what I had received and I can only do that free of distraction in my lonely place which is at the rock in Christ Jesus remember Jesus When he rose from the grave, he conquered death, and he holds the keys of hell and death. So he knows what it's like to feel anything you can feel when you hit that lowest moment. When you think God can't take me out of here, and I don't know if I'm ever going to recover from this one, he says, Man, I felt everything you could feel, and way more. There's nothing I haven't been tempted and tried that you have felt that I haven't felt. And because he gave himself as a ransom for our sin, You have an opportunity to build your life on the rock. When he died on the cross, you can go to the cross with him and build upon the rock. The devil can't shake what Christ has built. The rock of Christ, the rock of ages, it will eternally hold because the revelation is at the rock. The strength of the Spirit of God conquers all principalities of darkness. Christ is my rock. He is my strong tower. We have an opportunity to be broken by the rock at the cross. You can stand to your feet with me. We're gonna close. You can bow your head with me and close your eyes. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for these moments that you remind us of where we've been, where you're able to take us, but that you keep us reminded by taking us back to the rock, Taking us back to check our foundation. Some of us get the foundation in place, but we let the world contaminate our ground. And we have to be strong in your word to defend against contamination so nothing can interfere with your foundation for our life. Some of us have never even gone there. We've never even looked beneath the surface. We didn't even know there was anything beneath the surface because that's just kind of how we've been living. So we don't even realize what we're missing that you have this perfect plan designed for our life and this purpose that we don't even understand. We think this is it. We think it's just about chasing and being cool and getting likes on social media. Can like you better than that? Yes, it can, you said. He said, if you give your life to me fully, I will show you a door you've never been through. I will show you a way you've never seen because by my stripes, you have the ability to be born again and resurrected into a life that you've never experienced that will be for all eternity in heaven with me. God, we pray this week that as we go about our normal day-to-day, we remember We don't want the enemy coming to try to blow our house down. We can laugh at the enemy when he tries to blow our house down because we're built on a rock, baby. Nothing can take this away. when we have you as our foundation, and we know this. Help us remember in the heat of the moment when the devil tries to attack us. We're thankful that your word never fails us, Lord. We're thankful that everything happens in your time and that you have a plan for us that no one can take away, that the devil can try to scare out of us, the devil can try to make us think you might not come through for us, but no one can take away your word from us, God, because your word never fails, and we're forever thankful. In Jesus' name, and everybody say, Amen.